You're listening to the Bow Hunter Planet Podcast, your gateway to the wonderful world of archery. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bow Hunter Planet Podcast. Tim Mazarana tonight, along with co-host Jay Dumas. Jay, how are you doing, man? Doing great, Tim. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing great, man. I'm excited to have Nate, Nate from Victory Archery on the uh, line with us tonight. And uh, you know, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit more general um arrow construction, I think, to get started here, Nate. Um, you know, I think a lot of our viewers really don't necessarily know the ins and outs of arrow construction. I know a lot of target guys spend a lot of time, you know, deconstructing how arrows are made and spines and fletchings and all that kind of stuff. But I wanted to see if you can give us kind of a rundown of just basic arrow, you know, construction from, from the bottom up, what they're made of, what the different components are. So we can kind of just figure that part out and then kind of get into why Victory is uh, so good at what you guys do. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, as far as the arrow goes, our, our stuff, like looking at a hunting setup, it's kind of broke down into three diameters. Uh, you got your 166, your 204, and your 245. Um, and based on the way that those are built, you're looking at using a standard modulus carbon, an intermediate modulus carbon, or a high modulus carbon. Um, and the reason we have to alternate and kind of use different carbons is to achieve the correct spine. So the, the biggest thing as far as an arrow goes, safety-wise, is going to be the spine. You want to make sure that you're shooting a properly spined arrow. Now, to build a 300 spine arrow in a 166 diameter, you're not gonna be able to use a standard modulus carbon and have the, the a, a lighter weight arrow. I mean, you could, but the, you're gonna have a, a wall that's you know an eighth of an inch thick. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's not gonna work for you. So that's where you start moving into your intermediate and your high modulus carbons. Um, and then, you know, kind of further expanding on that, we've got our standard arrows and then you've got the, uh, the TKOs and SS series, which are gonna have that 3K at a 45 or a 90 degree orientation wrapped around that intermediate and high modulus carbon. Now that, that's um, the way that the weave is, the angle of the weave, yeah, is that right? Yeah, so on your TKO series, it's at a 45. On the SS, you're at a, a 0, 090. And that's just the way it works with the, uh, the stainless mesh in there uh, because you don't want to put that stainless mesh at the, at the 45. It, it's kind of counteracting what you're designing that arrow to do, which is provide that extra rigidity as a hybrid arrow. Gotcha. So um, kind of moving past that. So you've got your, your carbon layup. So that gets rolled and depending on the spine and, the, the GPI we're trying to achieve and whether it's a standard or a TK series uh, depends on how much carbon gets put on there when it's rolled and wrapped and then gets cured. And then, uh, you know, we put, put it in our machine and check the, uh, the straightness on that. Uh, so first thing they're going to do is that that thing is going to come out and it's going, it's going to go into a, a hydraulic press and it's going to push an arm down. And what that's going to do is it's going to verify the, uh, the stiff axis of arrow. So you've okay. got stiff axis, weak axis, and then you've got high spine, low spine. So based on all the testing that I've done, that we've done as a company, as long as you're shooting every arrow consistent with each other out of that dozen, they're all going to shoot consistent with each other. So you just don't want to have, you know, high spine at 12 o'clock on one, you know, nine o'clock, three o'clock, six o'clock, 
throughout your dozen arrows as long as the the stiff axis of arrow is oriented the same way so i bring up stiff axis because a lot of people kind of they they get so focused on high spine okay so i take my high spine and i put that at 12 o'clock or six o'clock that arrow is going to react the exact same way out of that bow because you're it's flying on the stiff axis gotcha okay and so that we're going to verify the stiff axis of the arrow as soon as it comes out that gets marked once that's marked that's where it's going to tell them where to, to put the graphics on that so we've got the spine alignment marking going down that shaft so we've verified the stiff axis the spine alignment marking goes on the shaft and that's where you're going to want to put your your cock vein when you're fletching these up um, compound bow you want that stiff axis on the vertical plane not the horizontal if you're shooting a trad bow you want that on a horizontal plane not the vertical plane just because the way the arrow flexes around the riser on shot um so that's kind of the the basics as far as getting up to that point um and and that's just just the arrow itself now i start talking about components i mean there's a plethora of components out there um we've gone through some different we'll start at the knock end here so take your knock and we used to run bony knocks which they held up pretty decent um but we saw that when you started getting into your high poundage bows might start having some issues there um because of that we designed an aluminum knock that we ran for a while um once that aluminum knock was out that was for you know 80 90 pound bows and i mean it was super super durable but it added weight to the back of the arrow right um the last two years you know we partnered up with uh, aae and they released a phenomenal knock their ip series knock um super super strong knock very consistent throat on that thing uh great fit in the arrow when that thing sets on string it's got as far as the knocks i've shot it probably has the most consistent release off string of any knock that I, i've ever seen come out of a bow um that's, and i mean that's played, good i mean that's important right I mean, oh yeah consistency is i think the key right with, with any arrow oh um, for sure. or any grouping of arrows that you're a box of arrows that you're buying it's it's all about consistency Oh yeah. I mean, you don't want one that hangs up just a little bit stiffer off the string. I mean, you want every arrow to come off the string the exact same way every time. And we found with that, that IP series knock in the 166, the 204 and the 245, it's got the same consistency off string, all three diameters. So awesome. for us, it was kind of a no brainer. Um, so moving down from the knock, you've got your veins. So we are running the Q2I Raptor vein and Q2I Fusion veins, depending on what arrow. So our SS series have the, the 2.1 inch Fusion vein, which is a shield cut vein. Um, thing I love about these is it's a, it's a two part vein. So it's got a different base than the, uh, the vein profile itself. Gotcha. What that does is that stuff, once it's glued onto that shaft, I mean, you can take a pair of flyers, that thing doesn't come off. It is a super, super durable vein. And it's a stiff vein, uh, so you're not going to get any vein flap on shot. Vein flap, you know, causes noise, can slow your arrow down a bit. Uh, without that, it just steers that arrow so well. Um, their, their Raptor vein, which is the uh, HP profile, similar to the uh, Boning Blazer vein, uh, that's across the board on our, our standard lineup there. 
and same thing. It's got that stiffness, the dual compound on there. And as far as I'm concerned, you really can't beat that vein for everything that we've done, all the testing and, you know, checking the decibel levels and everything like that. I mean, it's, it's just a phenomenal vein. So with, with, with vein stiffness, do you think it's more important depending on the rest that you're shooting out of? And what, what I'm thinking of is if I'm shooting out of a, out of, let's say a whisker biscuit, right. Compared to a drop away. Um, yes. vein stiffness, I, I, I would think would be more important if I'm shooting out of a whisker biscuit so that that whisker biscuit is not, you know, moving my arrow around right. and the veins are holding up Would that. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, shooting through a whisker biscuit, you definitely want a stiffer vein that way. It's not affecting the flight of that shaft, uh, as it comes off the bow. That makes sense. But, yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. So now when, when you're talking about, um, the knock and the veins, you said the veins are glued on. How is the knock attached to the arrow? Is that so glued the knock on is as well? Just, it's just a press fit knock. Uh, okay. you want to be able to index that, um, <laughs> Say, you know, some people don't want to shoot cock vein up. They want to shoot cock vein out. Well, if it's glued in, you're not going to be able to rotate that so it fits on string correctly. So it's a press fit knock. Um, and that way also, if you need to pull a knock out because you bust a knock, you can. You know, that, makes that sense. way. Yeah. And what about, so do you guys do a lighted knock too or no? Or do you, I mean, obviously because it's pushed point, in, you can replace it. But do you guys yeah. offer a lighted knock? Uh, we did at one point. Um, but it, it was one of those things. I mean, we're the carbon arrow experts, not the lighted knock experts. Yeah, understandable. And uh, so it was, we, we, we ventured into it and kind of stepped away from it. Uh, and it, it's one of those things where, you know, we, we want to focus on our arrows and, you know, it's definitely been there. We, we, we tried it, uh, had, had some issues with the, uh, the facility that they were being built at, and we just moved away from it. Yeah, yeah, but but you do make them so that if your consumer did oh, want absolutely. to replace it with a not lighted knock, no issue for them absolutely. to do it, right? Yep. Good. So I just went and grabbed uh, a package of your uh, TKOs uh, that I've been shooting this year, and I figured since we were talking about them, maybe I just you know we could go over this specific hero just a little bit and talk about it. Um, these things have been awesome, man. I'm telling you, like. Out to 40 yards, I'm driving tacks with these things. They're very consistent. Um, you know, and a lot of times too, we'll we'll do different angles when we shoot and we'll video it. And the noise is a lot less, I noticed, than what I was shooting previously. And yeah. I haven't had really any um complaints about the arrows. This is my first year shooting victory, and I've been very impressed. So um these are the 350 V3s and TKO um, and that's the V4 series. series, it looks like. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so that, I mean, that arrow right there is a standard diameter arrow. Uh, the great thing about it is because it has that weave, the way it's built, it recovers in about half the distance on shot. So okay. every arrow is going to flex. And, you know, you got your paradox arrow right when it comes out of the bow. And say your standard arrow, it it's, takes 20 feet to recover. That TK series, because the way it's oriented at the 45 degrees, it, it recovers in about half that distance. So you're not wasting the arrow's not wasting energy trying to recover. It straightens right. out and it translates to more energy downrange. So yeah. yeah and I, and I've noticed fantastic. that the energy, especially when I, you know, I did a couple comparisons um, and I'll tell you this thing, when it hits it, it's slamming in there, you know, I'm shooting oh, right yeah. around 70 pounds out of a Bowtech and it is slamming right into that target. I mean, 
out, you know, like I said, I, I don't shoot much further than 40 yards, even when I'm, when I'm hunting. Um, but for practice reasons, I like to step back, you know, go out to 60 and oh, yeah. things like that. But I mean, I, j- just to test the arrow, it's, it's pounding in there. It's pretty impressive. So I'm happy well, with it. The cool thing about that arrow too, is because of the, uh, it comes with a 22 grain insert on that V force arrow, but we've got the 245 diameter back weights that you can add to that. Right. And so you can take that, you know, 22 grain insert and take that up to a 50, 60 grain insert. And now you're getting that same FOC that a lot of these guys are running on their micro and small diameter arrows for that guy. That's he likes that standard diameter. He's comfortable with it, but he just wants to up that FOC. You can do that. Right. Um, That's cool. The the key thing about that is don't try and do it with the old 11 grain insert or the stainless 33 grain insert because they're too short uh, because of gotcha. the, the length of that insert. When you try and you screw your point in and you try and put a back weight in, you're not grabbing enough thread to actually be able to seat that back weight. Gotcha. Right. That makes yeah. sense. That's, That's an important that thing. Came up yeah. This year, uh, I, somebody said that they don't fit. I'm like, that, nah, they, they fit. Well, they had found some 33 grain, the old short, inserts and yep. with the point and the back weight they wouldn't fit so just so you guys know you want to run back weights on a 245 you got to use the 22 grain insert okay good good to know for sure so from a from a hunting perspective um that recovery that you were talking about that that point in time when the arrow kind of straightens out right um that's super important i think in a in a hunting environment because you don't always necessarily know. I mean, obviously it's going to recover very quickly. And I know arrows do recover re- very quickly, but there's certain times where like I'm hunting and I, Jay, Jay, I think you've been in these situations too, where that deer comes in at 10 yards. Right. I mean, that thing's 30 yeah. feet away from you. Right. And so when you're taking that type of shot, you know, that close, you need to have that arrow, you know, straight as possible, as much energy that, that it can carry forward into that, into that animal as quickly as possible so that that's a huge point and i'm, right, I'm glad that you brought that up the closer sure. the animal oh, yeah. is the you know the more flex you're gonna have out of the gate so the recovery time yeah that's gonna be huge yeah yeah that is that is a really good point nate thank you for that um yeah of course you know one of the other things that, that i've kind of that, that we've kind of heard um i would say maybe it, it's over the last 12 to 18 months is that I hear more and more people talking about using heavier and heavier arrows or, or setups, whether that's with a heavier broadhead or, or is, is that kind of the trend that you guys are seeing on, on your side yeah. too, or no? Um, it, it seems like a lot of people are wanting to move into that stiffer arrow, uh, getting that, that heavier, you know, weight up front, get that FOC up there. Uh, at, you know, I guess five, 10 years ago, you know, the, like, predominant arrow was a 350 spine i mean you could pretty much get away with a 350 spine you know that 65 pound <clears throat> 70 pound depending on how short you cut that thing uh running a little bit lighter insert on that uh nowadays it's 300 250 and we've got guys asking for even stiffer than a 250 spine because they want to put you know 200 grain broadhead with you know 200 grain insert up front and, you know, you try and do that on a 300 spine arrow, you just, you, you've weakened it too much out of a 70, 75 pound bow. And now it's getting to the point where that's, could be dangerous. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and if you can take one shot, you might not be able to take two or three with that kind of setup. Right. Yeah. 
So when we, so just to switch it up a little bit. So when we talk about compound bow arrows, does that, does this conversation, the construction, everything that we talk about, does that change when we get into bolts and crossbows at all? Or is it all generally the same concept? Uh, bolts and crossbows, I mean, you're looking at a much shorter component there. Um, and it's, they're already pretty stiff. So it's a bolt is, is very, very stiff as it comes out. You know what I mean? We, we build it stiff just cause it's got a, like a 20 inch bolt. It's going to have 110 grain insert there and then 100 to 125 grain point. But because uh, I mean the, the crossbows right now, they're chasing this speed thing. Yeah, they are. And you know, it, it's getting to the point where a lot of these companies have their OEM bolt and we build a lot of OEM bolts for companies um, and they're built specifically for that bow. And if you try and use another bolt or a different knock setup out of that, you can blow that crossbow up. And I can tell you from experience, when you blow up a crossbow, it's scary. It, oh, uh, One it, of the worst. Jump. <laughs> yeah, no, we, well, we, we have a show called test lab and uh, <laughs> we've done a lot of testing over the years. And, and those are by far the scariest uh, moments is oh, yeah. when, when, a, when, when a bow blows up, but a crossbow in general, I mean, that, that is, we've had them lock in where we can't get them, you know, to, to decock to. And that also is scary because of all the pent up kinetic energy that oh, yeah. uh, you know, could be released at any point in time with that. So, so no joke. Um, you know, I, I, I bolts are, are, are kind of, um, it, it's a weird thing because I, I've had experiences with crossbows where you can run the same grain, um, on a longer bolt. Right. But if that, and I'm talking, there's one particular bowl that I was bolt, bolt uh, crossbow that I was shooting. And it was this exact same green arrow and broadhead and everything, right? But it was two inches longer than the OEM bolt that the that the crossbow came from. And no joke, you shoot that you shoot that bolt out of that crossbow. That bolt was doing a flip midair, yeah, end over totally. end. And it, and it's so specific, like you were saying, like you, there's a lot of things that are very specific in regards to bolts to the crossbows that you're using. Oh yeah. Um, so it is I very mean, unique. Knock, I think a little bit. Uh, I think it's a lot of different experience in a compound that. setup, right? Nate, Nate yeah. while you're talking about that, could you go over the different types of knocks? And, you know, I've noticed, um, you know, I was shooting a, an Excalibur and I noticed the knocks that came with the, the bolts for that were, um, yeah, they're flat. Yeah. They're flat and, I'm, and, and they have, uh, they're threaded on the backside of it and uh, it's Pretty, just something uh, different. Yep. Okay. So can you just go over some of the different type of knock varieties and what they mean and how they work? Because I think that would be something that, you know, the people listening would be interested in hearing about. Yeah, as far as your crossbows go, you're going to have, it's, I mean, three basic knocks. You've got your flat, your half moon, and your capture. Um, Excalibur runs a flat knock. And I mean, I've shot Excalibur crossbows. I, I, I like them a lot. They're a lot of fun to shoot. Um, the thing with their crossbows, uh, from everything I've read on it and, and just shooting them, uh, the reason they're running the flat knock is because of the downward pressure of the string on the rail. Uh, yep. So they don't want it to, if you don't, you know, a half moon knock, probably it's not going to be flush against that string on shot. And right. you can have a problem where it's going to lift that front end of that crossbow and it's going to cause issues. So they run that flat knock so that string sits 
right up against that at full draw and then on shot it just drives it forward um that makes a lot of sense actually knowing how those crossbows go together um we put a lot of x calibers together and and when you're putting that front limb on the 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 string comes up and over right so it's resting very firmly on that rail and it's riding on the rail the whole time so that that makes perfect sense yeah um the other so you've got your capture and your half moon uh and basically the way it works out is anything that can take a half moon can use a capture okay uh so for a long time uh it was parker had had the the lockdown on the the capture knock but you know 10 point had a capture knock and you know we're looking at doing some stuff with a capture knock uh i've been doing some testing on on a very very nice knock uh recently i actually uh just had a uh, one of my tech tuesday videos out doing some crossbow testing and they actually might have had some uh, some different knocks on there if you saw that um and just trying those out and seeing how those do and, and so far i i really like them a lot um it, have you noticed probably, any difference in the way that it shoots at all um, like the, on the, the capture it's a little more consistent because it just sits that string sits farther into it yeah you know a, a half moon it's kind of an angle right there that it sits in but the capture kind of wraps around that string at full draw and it does it, it actually click like, into it too that with that no, clack, or it's a, just more a, of a tighter a standard click. capture or a standard uh uh it, it doesn't click in um what is it a uh, raven's crossbow right because of the, the way theirs is set up yeah it clicks onto the uh the string locks on uh because that's the uh, the railless system on that and so it, it yep. has to be held on somehow makes sense yeah um but yeah it's the, the half moon anything that takes a half moon you can use a capture in uh so it's kind of been you know half moon's been around for a long time uh but there's definitely a better knock out there makes sense so let's talk, I guess, a little bit about victory. And, and thank you for sharing that information. I think it's super important. Um, lot of good, lot of good information there. Now, when it comes when it comes to victory itself, like how long, just tell give us a little background about victory. Like how long have you guys been around, you know, making arrows and kind of kind of your backstory, if you will. So I guess I've been with the company for about eight years now. Um, victory itself, I think, is 12 years old now um and you know it, it started out uh the, the todd barreto was actually the guy that started the company and you know he uh was the the innovator of the micro diameter arrow and, and the way those vaps are built and then the next arrow was the uh the v-force arrow uh, which was your 245 diameter. And then right after I started with a company is when we ended up with the, uh, the 204 diameter, uh, right after I started, we were doing testing on that. And that's after when we released the, uh, the rip series. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, gone through some changes, different ownerships. Um, we are now owned by, uh, Mitsubishi's sporting goods division. Okay. Um, and so it's, we've always, you know, been owned, like Victory itself was Victory. And then they were purchased by uh, Aldola, which is a golf shaft company. Uh, I mean, carbon tube is carbon tube. Um, so, you know, it's 
and then moved into uh, the Mitsubishi section there. So, you know, it's, we, we've got good support, um, great engineers and stuff like that, as far as, you know, development and new product. And it's, uh, seems to be going well for us. Good. And how has this year been going? I mean, this year has been probably a really big boom for everybody in the industry from what we're hearing, but is, are you realizing the same? Yeah, no, it's been the last couple of years have actually been really good years. Um, and it's, you know, we, we're selling more arrows than we can build. Uh, so that's a good problem to have. Um, it's, you know, because of the way the world is now, everything's been shut down multiple times and, you know, everything kind of gets put on hold at that point and then you're playing catch up. So we're finally catching up and, you know, a, a lot of people were upset because we couldn't get the uh, the TKOs out earlier in the year, but those are, I mean, rolling out on a, a pretty consistent basis now. And yeah, we're, we're finally getting caught up. So that's a good thing. Absolutely. And yeah, the whole manufacturing supply <laughs> side has been, uh, what, about 18 months long now, if not yeah. a little bit longer in the, in the, you know, building up with issues and stuff like that. So it's good to hear that everything's kind of coming back online and, and less and less issues from that standpoint. Yeah. So for sure. So Nate, so, so I wanted to talk to you about your, you do a lot of hunting, right? What do you have going on this year? So what are your plans for hunting this year? This year? Nothing. Nothing um, in the books. Huh? No, nothing in the books. Uh, just been a busy year. And, you know, like I said, uh, my, my car just, uh, my, commuter just blew up on me so I got to get a new motor for that and I've got a son who's going into his senior year of high school this year you're not that um, old come on yeah 44 Holy cow. <laughs> my yeah. mine's going my oldest is going into his first year of high school so yeah I'm feeling the quick. I'm feeling the pain myself so it sure uh, does the time goes, goes by quick, fast man. for sure so yeah nothing for me this year uh, I might try and get out to Texas go see my dad there you go. Uh, you know, stick an axis or a whitetail, something there. Uh, you know, stick a pig, but you know, I didn't draw anything and just kind of didn't plan anything. You know so what, what, though, Nate? When you do sometimes hunt, those are the best years when you have nothing planned, things aren't looking yeah. good. You're gonna go out to Texas and you're gonna you're gonna knock down a giant. I'm telling uh, you. Oh yeah, that'd be nice. Let's let's just keep those good Absolutely. vibes going. But no. <laughs> First day, first hour, the freezer. That's that's the way we like Appreciate it. Right? That's yeah, right. I like it. That's the way it usually <laughs> goes. I'm telling you. Yeah, Nate. So when you do go hunting, what is your personal setup? What bow are you shooting? What what arrow? What victory arrow are you using? Broadhead. I shoot a uh, I shoot a rip TKO, and that's out of my compound and my trad bows. Um, and then I actually I had a. Uh, a bow tech I was shooting and I actually gave that to my son. So that's his bow now. And, uh, I dusted off an old expedition I had and playing around with that. And, but I, I might just try and run the, uh, a trad setup this year. Um, I, I did that a long time ago and got away from it and trying to get back into it. That's become a lot more popular too. That the whole yeah, traditional side of simplicity, things. So. Simplicity of it for sure. It is the simplicity and, and kind of the, the, I don't know, I guess the best way that I can describe it is the rustic nature to it. Right. It's really yeah. one of those things that it's like, you know, back in the day and 
you know, wait, the thing people have been doing for, for thousands and thousands of years and kind of getting back into it. Right. So oh, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a really cool thing. So if you get something, we got to have you back on, we got to talk about that for sure. If you're, for if sure. you're hitting some of the traditional, um, you know, we've always talked about doing traditional every year. We're like, yeah, man, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And then uh, <laughs> a lot of times what ends up happening is we end up being more weekend warrior hunters. And we're just like, you know, if I'm not, if I'm going to be out in the field for like only, you know, a short amount of time this year, I want to go to the old faithful type yeah. of deal. So that's, yeah. uh, but I, I don't know, maybe this year is the year, although I doubt it. Cause none of us, I don't think is, have really practiced that much with the traditional. So. Yeah, you know? it definitely takes a lot more practice. Yeah. Now does victory make traditional arrows as well? Uh, I mean, any arrow can be used as a traditional arrow. Um, we did have the carbon trad that went away. But uh, keep your eyes out. We've got something coming. Awesome. And is that something Perfect. coming, maybe coming this year? Or what are we talking about? Uh, it's going to be a 23 release. Yeah. Okay. All right. You guys got some big releases hopefully coming up uh, this year. Or is it kind of? We got a couple that are going to turn some heads and uh, it's going to make a lot of people smile. Good deal. Right. Well, we can't wait. Can't wait to see all that stuff. You guys are a great partner of ours. Uh, we love our, we love victory. I think we all shoot victory, um, you know, out of our, out of our setups. And uh, I mean, just phenomenal quality. What we said before the consistency out of the arrows is, is bar none. I mean, you guys do a really great job over there. So thank you. Thank your engineers. Yeah, um, I mean, it is such an amazing, you know, it's an amazing product and line and not only product, but product lineup. We didn't really spend a lot of time talking about, the all the product lineup that you guys have but real realistically no matter what anybody's looking for they go to victoryarchery.com they're going to find it there oh so. yeah absolutely and so awesome website, man. check it out you got questions just call me and the numbers there on the uh, the website you got questions ask for nate i'll help you out awesome Perfect. nate well it's always a pleasure to talk to you man we really appreciate you joining us we'll have you on again soon and uh, just thank you again, man. We, we love what you guys are doing over there, and you guys have been a great partner. So thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. The Bowhunter Planet podcast would like to thank our outdoor partners for their support. It's because of these companies we can keep this show educating, entertaining, and growing the archery heritage.